1993, mm. somewhere around there, 94, Tom, you and, I, you and I had begun to, to go to places like the Hungry Eye oh, in San Francisco, it. which is a, uh, just a, a fucking terrible, um, a terrible strip club. Yeah, terrible strip club. We had, we had, a, we had, a, wonderful, we had a wondrous uh, obsession with titties and, and damn near no money whatsoever, Right, which and led us to the worst possible strip clubs. It was, yeah, it was North Beach, San uh. Francisco, and um, it was, Hungry Eye was a, a place, I think we mentioned on some podcast before, maybe a Patreon episode, that um, like it was a, a place like Bill Cosby, Woody Allen, Barbara Streisand <laughs> had played there. And by the time we got Joseph there, Mangala, other, it was just the other worst, rapists. worst, worst, um, and carrying charges like seven dollars for a tiny uh, Coca Cola, yeah, and like the terrible, terrible and the strippers, strippers. The strippers like and the stripper wouldn't take her for tights because there were like probably bullet holes. It probably was for all for the best. It was problematic. And then and yeah. then uh, I think it was you and I. I mean, I know definitely I went to the Market Street Cinema oh, a yeah. few times after that. You and I went there at least once, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not we sure. Were at at one point, I remember we were sitting there. Oh yeah, that's watching right. it, and yes. they, we would not. We had no money for a lamp dance, None. and one of the strippers Entrance said, only, "Yeah, what are you guys gay?" Right? I'm like, yes, that's what we're doing. Fine. Yeah, but just <laughs> stay away from us. Our, our, we really wanted to come and hear some Bob Seger. That's that, really what it was all about. That Market Street Cinema, by the way, was um, uh, before that was a legitimate movie theater, and mm-hmm. it's a theater where I took my younger brother. I was in high school, and my brother was, I want to say, eight years old. Get and I, out. I really? took him to see. Jaws 4 with a great Mike O'Kane. So it should have been a strip club by that point. <laughs> and um, the feature film was Ooh. Charles Bronson and his wife Jill Ireland in something called Assassin. Nice. So um, anyway, I mentioned all of that because we have uh, Brother Dave, Cowboy Dave, on the line with us. Actually, we're doing our first sort of phone in here. Yeah. Dave, can you hear us? Yeah, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Our first person saying that. You Thank rem- you, David. Do you remember that, Dave? That uh, that day of movie hopping and seeing the Charles Bronson yeah, movie? Yeah, I thought it was uh, Death Wish, but I, I, all I remember was it as a Charles Bronson movie. Well, if yeah. you mistake any Charles Bronson movie from that time period for Death Wish, you're, you're, yeah, it's, you're probably not far off. He ended up... Uh, Most um, of them were Death Wish. Dying in, in New Hampshire. I, I thought it was like Death Wish 17 or something. Yeah, I, I it would have qualified as that for sure. The yeah. specifics. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mentioned that in a roundabout way of just sort of opening this episode because we're, we're talking today about the Dirty Dozen, 1967's mm-hmm. The Dirty Dozen. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's so much a Lee Marvin movie that it kind of um, is almost too obvious to to include in our eventual Lee Marvin episode. It's just like its own great time. But but it it, it reminds wow. me yeah. of here's what I'm going to start off by by saying about this movie. This movie. I think was the the template for all action movies thereafter that had like the um you know like yippee kaye motherfucker like the one liners the quips oh, okay. okay yeah okay. sure I can't think of any before that because there were action movies sort of before it but it was like it's what set in motion this idea that you had like um, well, the, the laconic quippy hero situation, the there. laconic quippy hero. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, very obviously, like Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards is probably would not be possible without the Dirty Dozen. Well, that, so that's, many ways. That's very clear. But yeah, so go ahead. We, were, we were watching the preview with my family, and uh, I turned it on, and my wife said, "Oh, so it's Inglorious Bastards." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah. Oh, she'd never wait. Your wife had never seen the Dirty Dozen. No, Abu, uh, Abu, sir. Yeah. Divorce time. That's a, and you live in you live in Nevada, so no sweat. 
I don't. I didn't well, as we get further into about. this show, I think we'll we can talk about how easily that could happen to any female. <laughs> All right, so not want to watch this movie. So, like, I mean, um, I I saw uh, the other night with Tom. I've seen it at least ten times. Right. Um, and um, particularly been a long time since I've seen this. Movie. It had been a while. Yeah. First of all, I forgot how many um, great people were in it. Obviously, Lee Marvin ripping ensemble mm-hmm. cast. All right, so we got Lee Marvin, we got Robert Ryan, Charles Bronson, mm-hmm. Charles Bronson, Ernest Borgnine, John Cassavetes, George Kennedy. Uh, for my, yeah. from, uh, for my uh, Ralph Meeker. I love Ralph Meeker. Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. And of course, the great yeah. Telly Savalas. Oh, Who almost, loves you, baby? Almost stealing the show. Yeah, he was really, there's really a, good. There's a great. I, I looked it up earlier. The, the character actor who was Ernest Borgnine's direct report. His, his what do you mean direct report? Like his attaché, his he helper, had, his helper boy. Yeah, he answered to Ernest Borgnine. Oh, I thought yeah. that was George Kennedy. No. From, from Cool Hand Luke. There's, there's somebody in between. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the other guy. The, the other, uh, I think the, lo- the the slightly lower level general who's kind of not a big fan of uh, of Lee Marvin. Okay, so don't remember the actors. Say name. the least. Okay, so yeah, there's there's this great cast. Yeah. Um, and but the other thing is that to me it's a movie that has like two things like like um angles or something. Um, one is that it it tries to be like um, I don't know, like more literary. Or something. It tries to it tries to be complex and interesting and mm-hmm. sort of slow. And it has like that. It has this opening right where um, Lee Marvin is um, watches a guy get ordered to get uh, yeah. watch a guy get hung. Right. And it's very much like um, I could see that as like a novel. I mean, it's really intense. It's mm-hmm. it has like it tries to sort of tackle weirdly like big issues. And on the other hand. It's a it's a stupid movie. It's I mean it's a very a lovable yeah. stupid movie where it's it's very campy. Yeah, it's super campy. That's super, for sure. Yeah, not not, a, not an exercise in intellectualism uh, by and large. Yeah, not at all. Okay, well, so let's. No, talk. I, I thought that's where you were going with this, and I would have to disagree. No, it's not. It's not that it is an exercise in intellectualism. It's that it it does try at moments to be like a serious film. And then it sort of dips out of trying to be a serious film to totally just be a ridiculous, campy film. Right. Like, it's, it sort of weaves yeah, yeah. in and out between the two. Yeah, it's kind of of two worlds. And there, I think that was a, that kind of was happening in a lot of war films at that point. It, it weaves in and out of it. It's trying to be like a, you a definitely movie see of its it with time. with the Jim Brown character. What's it? With the Jim Brown character? Jim Brown, okay. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the reason right. he's in prison, et cetera. That, that, uh, yeah. No, that's, absolutely. That sets into some pretty serious things. Just yeah. for seconds at a time. But, okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's an intentionality of like, like, uh, of that time period of being uh, like a war movie and a comedy all at the same time, and it kind of it, it gets a little watery one way or the other, and it just basically becomes campy and, and is ultimately just a comedy. And there, and of course, there are all these sort of films that surround it, like The yeah. Devil's Brigade with with uh, William Holden around that time, maybe the oh, next year. Kelly's fucking heroes. heroes! Oh my god! It's not even like a a, a crazy offbeat descendant from The Great Escape from '63 in, in a weird way. The ensemble cast, the sort you know, right? But it's obviously moving in the new direction of sort of like grittiness. That Right. That the uh, the Great Escape did not have, right? Yeah, yeah, and definitely B. I, I would I would call it a B roll. A B to Great Escape. Uh, well, yeah, it's the B side, right? If 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 yeah. they, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, it also is um, well, okay. So the, the premise really is that uh, Marvin, who's like a, a loose cannon, <laughs> like he just can't, <laughs> can't He's regular army, but yeah, loose cannon, correct. Get in here, Marvin. <laughs> You've cost the, the force ten million dollars. Um, 
he um he's sort of you know on the edge. He's he's great at what he does, and that's the reason they keep him around. But he's a loose cannon, mm -hmm. and he's given an opportunity, meaning he's just told that he is going to. They're in England. He's going to take um, a group of twelve prisoners, uh, many of whom have a death sentence hanging over their head. Um, some of whom have like thirty years of hard labor they have to look at um, on some sort of raid mm -hmm. of uh, a, sh a German chateau where all the officers go to hoe it up. To hoe it up with their right. ladies, yeah. All mm -hmm. the rotten eggs in one basket. Yeah, very oh, good, Von Boom. Luka. Let's go. Let's go. Fuck that egg basket up. Come on. Okay, and and Army. yeah, Ooh. yeah. I mean, the, first of all, that's where it starts to get campy. Like it, it had this this sort of like kind of promise of a serious movie to begin with, and it's like even the scenario. It's like I don't know how they kept a straight face like giving the scenario, <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And there are things about yeah. it that that to me, as I'm watching it. And I was kind of driving Tom nuts because we usually don't watch the movies together. But I was I was really a chatty fucker, by the way, when we were watching this movie for some reason. Which is usually verboten in these situations. I'm we try not to talk about these movies, and I'm very hard on people on. who talk during movies and all He's this sort of a stuff. Real twat. But I'm a real so. So speaking of which, I have this I have this question about how you guys operate. All right. Do you? I know sometimes you guys watch the movie separate. Yeah. Sometimes. So I sat down to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna diligently take notes and uh, have yeah. really mm -hmm. great things to say. And before like. Ten minutes in, I'm just watching it and of enjoying course. the yeah, does yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how do you guys uh, approach these things? Pretty some, much like that. Sometimes we'll do a little yeah. research. Yeah. Depends on the type of movie. Try to try to have some good intentions. Typically, end up doing my research. What research I do, I tend to do after the fact. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it depends. You know, one of the things we we were talking about, or we talked about a few times, we were talking about with um, Harry Northup when we did the episode with him not too long ago, is how much this podcast has become like um, two two paths. Just right, watching movies, man, shit. Well, yeah, but also that it's um, that on the one hand, about half of what we do is um, to be like nostalgic to think about Finley Number One, which is Tom's dad, and like what he quote unquote like taught us about like real classic movies and Bogart and right, all right. these things that like just bring about nostalgia for us. But also um, that we want to branch out and like discover you know Brazilian or Indian or Japanese directors and actors and and you know things that we didn't really get from Finley Number One. Right, and that's more often when we're going to do research and and um, mm -hmm. and that. Type of stuff. Although yeah, we just yeah, did an episode yeah. with um, That's true. with Doug Cox in Las Vegas and got a real shellacking from him for being so disorganized. So who knows? Yeah. By the way, we're going to ask you if you have something to plug at the end of the show. Just so you know that. Don't be enraged if we <laughs> ask you at the last minute. Because... Can I say Doug Cox? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so hey, I got something I want to throw out here real quick. Here, please. Now there are some movies that are you. You look at them and then you look at the casting choices, and then when you and, and then you hear about like the alternative casting choices, the choices that they had originally had. What a fucking different movie it would have made. This right. is one of those oh. movies. Lee Marvin was originally supposed to be, that role was supposed to be done by John Wayne initially. Mm. Telly Savalas' role was originally slated for Jack Palance. The, I could see that. Okay. I could see it too, uh, but it would have made a, it would have made a hell of a different movie in, in a lot of ways. The, the tones would have been very different, particularly with John Wayne. With John Wayne for sure. Yeah. I'm I sorry. Think. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jack who? Palance? Jack Palance. No, dude. Jack Palance. Oh yeah! Nice. All okay. right, high five Fair there, enough. nerd boy. Wow, but um, all for, right, hey, we're gonna. You're not right, but yeah, we'll, we'll pretend. Um, yeah, I think that John Wayne would have been a ridiculous John Wyney. I think it's actually pronounced right. <laughs> could uh, <laughs> could someone else have? have uh, were you thinking someone else would have been as good as, in this as Jack, uh, uh, as who? Telly Wallace? No, or? Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. Uh, Lee Marvin's a is. 
He's a great. He's a. He was a really great choice for this role. It played. It meant he was like he could have played it like this. Jack John Wayne could never have played it like this, which is this kind of the the smart ass smart. He was a smart aleck. He was a huge man and a and a force to be reckoned with, but still kind of a like a like a smart ass little bitch. Well, it seems ways. to me like the, that he could under he could he could play that really well. Wayne could never have touched that. It's you get that the 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 hat trick or the trifecta or whatever with um, Lee Marvin, Charles Bronson, and Ernest Borgnine. Like the, in wow. some combination, two of them have, have played together in films before, but to get all three of them in the same film is like right. really um, sort of foreshadowing this time period that's going to come, right? Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. early 1970s. I mean, what comes out of a war film, I think, is um, a tolerance or like a marketing or a thirst or a hunger or someone get me a thesaurus. I'm going crazy here for... Um, <laughs> a yearning. Uh, for, and, uh, um, for early 1970s, like everything from like um, Charlie Varick to, um, you know, Dirty Harry. I mean, those are cop movies, not war movies, but it's that same type of like, it's very... Yeah, our, our French connection. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, so right. Mm-hmm. so um, anyway, so anyway, the, the premise of the film is, again, he's... he's um, He's supposed to take these twelve out, and you know there is there are some sort of you know John Cassavetes who is a great weirdo art director, and right. he does this this sort of weird role that you wouldn't expect him to because do. It's like I gotta say, it's like of 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 a there's a lot of people on that screen hamming it up. Nobody's hamming it up harder than John Cassavetes, who's not movie. a ham. He's no, not, he's, he's like a, a quote unquote like serious actor, like and, an intellectual, and, and he's he's playing this wacko character, Franco. Yeah, Franco. So so I mean there are, there are uh, the the, necess- the necessity for like the um, suspension of disbelief is really high in this oh, movie. In that, yeah. for instance, Cassavetes <laughs> yeah. points out early on, like what 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 have we got in this? Like why right. why would we? And you know, really, why would they? Oh, and also, why would the army? <laughs> I mean, like, the why would the army? Disbelief is like right out of the gate. You got to have that with you on this. Movie. And he takes them on a road trip. And then he makes them build. This one really stuck with me. He makes them build their own like POW camp, which I get. He makes them build their own prison. Mm-hmm. But where were they sleeping the whole time they were building it? On the wrong side of the wire, I guess. I don't know. They never, <laughs> they never specify on that one. And also, how tolerant is the army going to be? For Lee Marvin continually like pulling out a gun. And, oh yeah, and, and like never, not at all. <laughs> and just like, not back off, not at all. Superior officer. Well, at the same time, Robert Ryan's character would have been would have been hamstrung for that too. For what? Do, uh, oh, for, for breaking into a top secret situation like that. Like oh, for somebody who has zero knowledge. I, it's a whole. Th- I mean, no, that's he had the no thing. need to know. He would have been. He would have been hamstrung. Why is there? Why is there? What's his name? Meeker, John Meeker, or uh, the, the actor Ralph Ralph Meeker? Why? Why is there a, a psychiatrist in town? <laughs> I mean, you've already oh, done. Know, but he he takes care of Posey within an hour. Wait, you talk about Lee Marvin or the psychiatrist? No, the psychiatrist. Posey walks in and walks out in an hour with he just. Hands in his pocket, whistling. All of his troubles are mm-hmm. over. And Ralph Meeker blew him. It's a little-known skill he had. <laughs> just, just, just rusty tromboned the scene back into Posey. Posey's an interesting <laughs> character, right? Because he's the sort of like the the Lenny from Mice of Men. Mm-hmm. You know, big shuffling. Oh, I didn't know. I just wanted to pet her. Leave me alone. Why don't you? Did you watch little... the previous exactly No, I haven't. What's with the trailer? He's he's the Indian with war paint on his soul. Wait, Shut Posey? Up, really? Yeah, I didn't even realize uh, he was native. I they re- I, they reference it, I think, twice that that he is of a Native American descent, uh, 
Wow. That was it. completely left out <laughs> of the that's movie. That was fucking pull. nowhere in there. Ah, that's interesting. Wow. Okay. All right. So so uh, so putting aside like the conceit of the film is is absolutely ridiculous. And and of course, like who gives a fuck, Joseph? Like back off. It's a dirty dozen. F- so fine. Just know that going in that you're gonna have moments where it's like it's it's um unbelievably unbelievable. Right. Even more than something like Die Hard. Oh, excuse me. Um but then it's like Got um <laughs> then there's this other trope that happens, which is like, you know, he's the the hard ass instructor, but he, you know, eventually he's gonna have a heart of gold toward them. You know what I mean? Like they have to yeah. become he's friends somehow. And he's gonna get him some hooahs. Yeah. So, so the, well, that happens, right? So they built they build their little own their own little prison out in the, the forest as they're training to assassinate like high ranking German officers mm-hmm. in a chateau, and then for, so for some unknown reason. Um, Lee Marvin hires like the local um, beastly, by the way, the ring of constabulary there. Oh my god, that, that hey, was. Wait uh, a minute, not all of them were terrible. There were co- there were a couple. No, of they were all but one were. One of them looked like she was out of Handicap, the cartoon. I mean, it was really fucking horrendous. That was a great yeah, line. That's <laughs> an amazing one, dude. Thank you. It's awesome. What's that? One of the Lockhorns showed up. Okay. Dave. Dave. You oh, we got nothing. You got nothing. Oh, dude. I'm just saying those were hot hookers, except for the one. Um, uh, maybe you're just—I don't know. It's it's because you live in Nevada. Married? <laughs> maybe you're married. Is that it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, but but why? I mean, that's the question. Like, why does he do that? And like, because that's him having a heart of gold. Because he's you got to send these guys off to die with full nutsacks or something. He's got to got to do something about that. Got to be a pal. Got to be a good guy. But from there on in, the non sequiturs become sort of many, oh, right? Which is sort of like for some reason. Like, um, it turns into Animal House. I don't even remember. Yeah, it's definitely Animal House. It's Dean Warner. Oh, uh, there's like a slide whistle, like something happens and it's <laughs> well, there's a well, there's it's, that they I, make no effort to hide it. You're leading where I'm leading, I think, which is like there's that whole I scene believe that was actually uh, Telly Wallace's character ejaculating, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's a, that scene where no, they're talking they, about non sequiturs. Yep, they all show up. <laughs> oh, Papa, <laughs> thank don't you, preach. guest. Um, so they all show up, and Robert Ryan is there, and there's a band, and they have to pretend that they're chauffeuring um, a, a general incognito. So Lee Marvin forces Donald <laughs> Sutherland to review the troops, and, and but it's like, why? Like, there's no reason for it. Like, it's not even a plot point for any of that stuff to happen. It doesn't even really up the ante between Robert Ryan as a sort of like foil like this this you know well apparently no because no that's not true because he, he discovers yeah, the yeah, ruse yeah. and that that forces that 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 creates that enmity that he carries throughout for the rest through he's the rest had of the it movie. since the the, the the first scene of the movie yeah but but it sets in motion uh Robert Ryan's character to put the two goons on um Charles Bronson by the way I think Which I think then that, creates a little more well, camaraderie, community, amongst yeah, the double, camaraderie like, like amongst the, the dozen. All right, well, there's that too. So, so Charles Bronson Which was weak. I'm, I, it was a very weak point, but I think that's that was the point. I do. Look also, at, the band leader has got to be John C. Riley's father. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's a good it's call. Awesome, dude. I got to say, I, I think your point is actually kind of well taken. If you really want to, if you really want to oh, bear you, down, not you, Joe. Actually, no, okay. if you yeah, d- d- trust me, it hurts me like you can't believe to say that shit. But there's a, if you were to take out all of uh, uh, all of uh, Ry- um, uh, Ryan's that that whole character and that arc 
that would have been a much. It probably would have been a better movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. I, I don't really see much purpose except to add like another star to the roster. Right. Speaking of hurting Tom, I just wanted to pause to say this. We pulled up to the studio. Oh, you motherfucker! Today, and <laughs> I parked near um, prickly pear bush, whatever the hell that is. Prickly pear, like cactus bush. Uh, and I go, oh, Tom, I can repark it. No, 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 I have it. And Tom scraped by, and now he's full of thorns. Just tiny fucking thorns poking. Oh, it's driving me bananas. Oh, uh, I'm so happy right now. Yes, wait till wait till I hug you. Okay, so jerk, it's like a fur shirt on. <laughs> Jackass. Yep. So, yeah, so dirty doesn't full of non sequiturs. Yeah, okay, Got so it. full of non sequiturs, and it's like, have but you not, have you but not they, listened to our episode? They come like um, fast and furious at that point, right? I mean, it's just one thing yeah, after another yeah. where you're like, why yeah. are they here? Why are they there? And you know, the the the, the scene at the chateau where, where they do the, their um, their raid, their uh, you know murderous sort of assassination. Mm-hmm. It's a murderous assassination. Um, is it's, it's like a, it's other. enjoyable, but it's really sort of like I don't I don't really understand like. I don't understand it. I don't understand the whole thing. Like, what do they get out of it? Most of them, I don't get it. I love this movie, though. I actually really do love this movie, I have to say. I'm just saying, yeah, the mixed review, it's review the here. first time I watch this movie thinking, like, there's really no part of this movie that is, like, coherent. I go on a little Or, like, this very is, good. This is maybe the first time you've ever watched this movie with anything resembling a critical eye. Hence, yeah, I think your reaction That's here. probably it. That's yeah, probably, yeah, I that think is probably it. Suspension of disbelief is, is more than necessary in this flick. I love this movie. I did, too. And I left myself, it left me wondering why at the end of after watching it for yeah. this show. Did, was it you or was it my son who got really upset that Franco died? It was. It was your. So I was thinking that uh, as a kid, I, I didn't want to give away what happens, but <laughs> oh, we do that all the time. <laughs> Everyone dies. Yeah, Zach got mad about that. Yeah, Zach got really upset. I guess Franco. He becomes so invested in the Franco character. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, man. Nice. Not really upset. He was just a funny kid. Yeah, he's a funny kid still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else? What else are we talk about in this film? What oh, do you got, Tom? Man, those hookers so, were nice. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> mm. so one, one snap off a little bit of South Bristol. A, you can categorize it several different ways. Okay, Obviously, go ahead. it's a war movie. Sure. Another thing I would categorize as a uh, putting the putting the crew together kind of movie, which can take place yeah. over. I love it when a plan know, comes together. Lunch or a, a bank heist movie, you know, Hot Rock. Yeah, 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 sure. It, it <laughs> is not my favorite movie in any category that you split this movie up into. Okay, mm-hmm. but I love this movie. Yeah, it is a good movie for it's, sure. It's really it's the it's, best of its, it's time. On, that's the end of my day. It's definitely better than like the Devil's yeah. uh, Brigade and and it's Kelly's Heroes. It, I and, remember watching it thinking that's reminded me a lot of like Mash, like it had an ultimate feel to it. Mash the the film or the, the film, TV yeah. show. Had like an Alteman feel to it, that ensemble cast thing. Yeah, kind of sloppy, a little, uh, but still, nevertheless, just incredibly enjoyable. Well, those other movies, the thing is, what you can tell about them is because at that point, this created a, a kind of a, a certain genre, not mm. action films, but like a certain type of action film. Right. That you can see the ones that followed it were so much more <coughs> cheaply produced, like like The Devil's Brigade or or um, Kelly Heroes. They don't have like the the cinematic quality. This actually has. Like yeah. a John Sturges film, right. like really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. cinematography. Kelly's Heroes, by the way, is a terrible movie. It's got I, Don I don't Rickles know why in it. This too. one pulls it off, and that one doesn't. Uh, well, yeah. comes, first off, you put a flower child in the middle of World War II. And well, Donald Sutherland. <laughs> I don't know. Is God damn it. Is, is Donald Sutherland in, in Kelly's yeah. Heroes as well? Yeah. And so is Telly Savalas. Right? As, as so. well as uh, uh, yep. your, your big monkey. 
Don Rickles. Yeah, Don Rickles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Warmth. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I was going to say that maybe it just didn't have as many good actors, but I mean, I don't even know. Is Lee Marvin a great actor either? I, I don't know. He does what he does uh, nah. in Lee, a lovable way. Lee Marvin's done some really good acting in this. Go guy. ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I I'll stop with uh, Gorky Park. I think that's probably my favorite role of his. I think it's a great. So and it's a good. But go, it, but go beyond that. That's. Well, I mean, Money there's Walsh. Donovan's Walsh. Reef. Money Walsh. Money Walsh is a great movie. Fucking Do you think he's Reef. great in it, though? Donovan's Reef. Do you think that Lee Marvin is, is good in Money Walsh or The Killers? I mean... Emperor of the North? Capaloo. Uh, I never saw, I've never seen Capaloo. Paint Your Wagon? Uh, pretty good in that. Oh, man. Yep. What's up? What's up, Davey? Oh, I'll break it up a little bit. I, get, uh, I, get, I got you now. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily a great movie. I actually don't think Ernest Borgnine is, for the most part, a great actor. Oh, no, nah, but he's just so go. fucking lovable, dude. He's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love Ernest Borgnine. I love Borgnine has an amazing career. If you think about how long he did, how completely untied to any genre of movie he was, and how many, how many, thus how many he covered, like this guy was all over movies for like 30 years. Yeah, I don't. He won his Oscar, Marty. I think Marty's he's great in Marty. I think he's um, good in a great movie, The Wild Bunch. Right. Come on. And then he was an airwolf, monkey. Come here. I don't think he was great in that. We had an argument about that too, Dave, recently about about whether Frank Sinatra was great in From Here to Eternity. And I say no. Oh no, he's he's not good in it. I mean, I mean, I love Frank Sinatra. Yeah, me too. Yeah. What are you Let talking about? Kibble's basement. Ha-cha. Yeah, so anyway, I think it's... it's There's n- there's not one great thing you can point to in, in uh, The Dirty Dozen, but mm. somehow it is a great time. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's just a fun movie. Yeah. 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 Now, here's my question. Would Do you think, that, do you think that women would like this movie? Is this a movie that women could like? No. Uh, I just know. At the risk of sounding <laughs> sexist, no. Well, that's okay, uh, Dave. I'm, I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, no. you just say no. My wife, my wife, uh, yeah, my wife loved um, the Brad Pitt one that Tommy, for some reason, can't stand. Oh, Glorious, Glorious Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, yeah, and Glorious Bastards. Uh, but there, I know for a fact she would not like this movie. What 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 did she like about Glorious Bastards? I'm trying to sort of break open what, what the gender is. It Brad Pitt? I, yeah, I, I just do. Well, I, the it's another ensemble cast. Okay. It's uh, epic. It's definitely more epic than this movie. Okay. It's much more highly produced. It's got a. It's got a. It's got a strong female. It's got a strong female character in it. And a strong story too. It's got a very strong story. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, I did want to. I did want to bring up that they're both science fiction movies, though. I can't wait to please hear this. Yes. <sighs> continue, continue on, my friend. Oh, well, I mean, something happened. Yeah, so. uh, something happens. Right. Therefore, it's science fiction. Uh, Good job, man. Uh, fucking oh, the villagers are here with their clods of fucking mud and pitchforks. <laughs> fucking animals. Yeah, and Tommy doesn't like uh, Glorious <laughs> Bastards because it's historically inaccurate. No, that's not it. He did tell me that that's one time. Ridiculous. Though I have to be honest with you. He did say that. No. Um. Okay. Well. I got nothing I else to say it. about this. Yeah. All, right. All right. Dave, it was great having you um, in, on our show. In, a, in another time zone. That's yeah. Great. Thank you for calling in from uh, Elko, Nevada. Wow. Um, do you have anything you'd like Elko to plug? Nevada. 
Anything you want to plug? I just said it. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think you heard me. Do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> Tommy, do you? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. TomSmithComedy.com. TomSmithComedy.com. Check it out. I got shows up there. Joe, how about yourself? Okay, you can rate and review us on iTunes. You can send us a little email critiquing our show, usually or negatively. complimenting it, however at, you like. Uh, Finleysonfilm at gmail.com. If you like what we do, you can become a Patreon subscriber at the $5 or more per month level. That entitles you to two additional episodes per month and access to all the Patreon-only archives. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's been a real pleasure. Now downloadable. Nice. Now downloadable. All right. Tommy, I love you, buddy. Yeah. Davey? Whatever. See you soon, man. Fucking cactuses. Joe, Tommy Bear, good night. Cuddles.